Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up. Wrap up. Well, Whitey Gleason, the slog that's been the 2019 portion of the 1920 season for the Warriors rolled on tonight in Los Angeles as Golden State drops a fifth consecutive game. Tonight they lose to the Lakers 120 to 94, a ball game the Warriors trailed by double digits for the entire second half, Ugh. by as many as 27, and only uh, briefly held. A one-point lead early on in the ballgame. The Warriors now 2-10 and ten on the season. They are 1-5 on the road. They are 1-5 at Chase Center. And the Lakers improved to 9-2. and two. And it's not going to get any easier for the Warriors as they shift their sights toward their next ballgame on Friday as the Boston Celtics come in. And the Boston Celtics are an NBA best 9-1. and one. Uh, If you want to react to this one, you can at 888-957-9570, 888 The number's not good, the Warriors, Whitey. I'll, I'll throw it to you with one other nugget. Well, thanks. 2-10. and ten. <laughs> Uh, matching the worst start since the 1999-2000 season, that Warriors team went on to be 2-16 and 16 before picking up a third victory. Yeah, I'll circle back to that in a moment, J.D. As you mentioned, a tough week. If this isn't hell week for the Warriors, it's at least heck week. But this uh, season, this season's about growth and improvement and development, right? And tonight, for what it's worth, the Warriors got some some lessons, important lessons uh from LeBron, one of the all-time greats. They got some uh, uh, lessons, important lessons on how to play defense. Uh, those lessons, by the way, are not taking yet, but uh, physically a mismatch tonight for the Warriors. They got thumped. There were a few bright spots, which I'm sure we'll touch on, but as you mentioned, they fall to 2-10. and 10. So right now the Warriors' winning percentage, and it's very early, but their winning percentage is 167, and the only team in Warrior history to finish the season with a lower winning percentage was a 1953 Philadelphia Warriors who finished 12 and 57, 174. So, hey, it's a season uh, about improvement, and there's plenty of room for improvement. And, and look, my my question is a simple one to at, to you out there. If you're driving around, and you're listening to the ball, you know the post game and the ball game. Uh, there are levels to competitiveness, right? And I think this is the second consecutive game where the Warriors weren't at a peak level of competitiveness. I think if you go back, this game fell in line similarly to the game on Monday night at Chase Center where you know, you'd look up and, oh, it's a 12 to 14 point game and you feel like the Warriors are, are, are kind of hanging in there, but you never really feel like they're a threat to actually win the game or make it a close game down the stretch. Uh, whereas you compare that to games in Oklahoma City or games like Minnesota over the weekend, even the you know the Houston game at times, the Warriors made a run to actually take a lead uh, briefly. Uh, so, my it, are the last two games competitive enough for a team that 
openly right now has stated they're just trying to remain competitive on the nights where they're facing the better teams in the league. I thought it was very interesting that after the game, Steve Kerr was asked about uh, how well, how fiercely the Warriors competed defensively. And he said the effort is there, it's execution, which was almost, to me, was an acknowledgement that we can't compete with these guys right now, not with these Lakers. But you can't compete when you can't stop anybody. Also, I know a young team makes a lot of mistakes, but situationally, how about this? The Warriors' early fourth quarter, and they had a miserable fourth quarter, but early fourth quarter, the Warriors cut it to 13, okay? So another one of those moments, right, where you start to think, okay, if you get a few stops here, you can at least make this a game. They cut it to 13. They get a stop. They got the ball. The shot you end up with there is Marquise Chris, a corner three. I no, that's just not the shot you want there, right? You got a chance to cut it to ten, and the shot you take is Marquise Chris on a corner three. He missed, then he went down. He committed a goaltend, and then uh, LeBron ended up scoring on a bust out, and then that was it. So just so many things, but obviously, uh, game situation, knowing uh, the scoring situation, and knowing the best play. Part of it, the biggest problem, though, as we've said over and over, and I'm sure we'll see again, they're just not guarding anybody right now. Yeah, and look, the Warriors entered play tonight an NBA worst defensively uh, as a team, defensive rating, and they're playing at an all-time you know, poor level <laughs> defensively, and tonight it really wasn't any better. I mean, 38 after one, uh, it's 38-26. They give up 29 in the second. It was another game where they had given up more than 90 points through three quarters which has been a common theme before maybe teams call off the dogs a little bit in the fourth quarter because they, they have the game seemingly in control. Uh, it It's the question that we've asked a number of different times. How do you get better defensively? It just it, it starts with the pressure up front, and it's twofold. It's pressure up front, but it's also just not enough big bodies to get in and, and contend. I mean, the Lakers tonight, the Lakers got – prime Shaquille O'Neal level production from their centers. I mean, you look at JaVale McGee uh, and JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, you know, they combined to go 13 for 19 on the game. For 33 points? For 33 points. 33 points. JaVale McGee had 17 rebounds. It was they. It was 33 and 25. 30, I mean, think about that. 33 and 25 from the center spot. For the Lakers tonight, I mean that is that is like Hall of Fame level. That's like Wilt Chamberlain level. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, forget Shaq. That's like Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, the Warriors, they're not making their presence felt at all defensively right now. This is another one of those games where they were not able to establish defensive integrity on any part of the floor. I mentioned in the pregame, I said, "Oh, the Lakers can't shoot because they're twenty sixth in three point shooting coming in." They <laughs> They shot 45% tonight. So the Warriors couldn't put pressure on the basketball on the perimeter. They certainly couldn't stop anything inside. And so you end up uh, with the 120-94 to 94 loss. There were times when I looked up at the score and thought, it's a miracle that the Warriors are keeping this as close as, as they were. But again, a, a very poor fourth quarter uh, ended up uh, dooming them to a very lopsided score. 888 It's Warriors Wrap-Up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search with John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason as the Warriors drop to 2-10 and 10 
Golden State next in action Friday at Chase Center when the Boston Celtics come to town as uh, Golden State just trying to find ways to to get this thing turned around and earn enough victories here and there to keep the competitive spirit going. And that that's the, the big takeaway for me the last two games is I worry if the competitive spirit does maybe start to break for start this to team. Wane a little bit. Because it was so – look, it was there. From, from the moment that D'Angelo Russell went down and Draymond Green went down and they had to play some games severely shorthanded against Charlotte, against Portland, even the game in Houston, although the game in Houston I think was a little bit more like the game tonight and the game against Utah on Monday night. Uh, but but there was there was a level of competitiveness even in stretches of that game, big-time competitiveness – in Minnesota and to fight back from the 23-point the deficit in Oklahoma City to actually take a lead in the fourth quarter and have a chance down the stretch to win that game. Uh, there's, that's the level of competitiveness that was admirable and, and deserved to be applauded over that four or five-game stretch. These last two games haven't met that level, and, and I don't know. Maybe it's just a matter of the opponents are, are too good right now, too talented uh, for for the Warriors to to match it better than they have. For what it's worth, I would suggest that we did see flashes of it tonight. The Warriors played the Lakers straight up in the second quarter, and in the third quarter, the Lakers outscored them by four. Uh, so I, I I think we saw flashes of that again. For what that's worth, you end up losing one twenty to ninety four. But if you watch the ESPN telecast, you know that Mike Breen even said, "Hey, these guys are fun to watch." <laughs> Was as they made a little rally there. I think it was a late first half. So they're developing a reputation. I guess I'm asking: Are they developing a reputation as a as a pesky team that never quits? Well, my my question they better. My well, I, I think they had it for the last week, and I still think there's some lingering effects from it. You know, the last couple of games. But but my concern would be: Is that already starting to, as you said, wane a little bit to a point where you know they're just. There's 70 games to go at this point. So if the competitiveness is already starting to wane, that's trouble, regardless of the talent level that the Warriors, unfortunately, are forced to put out on the court right now. What does it say, though, when the coach says the team is competitive and Steve Kerr, you know, again, said, hey, guys are trying after the game, but yet the score indicates that it's not all that competitive? That's a good question. When he says the effort is there, it's the execution. Um, and you lose by by that many points. It says that you're facing a vastly superior team tonight. Also says they got a lot to figure out. And it's interesting when you hear Coach Kerr and other coaches here talking about what the Warriors have to do defensively. And you hear the players talk about we got to communicate. And, and I I I don't know if it's realistic to expect this team to improve much defensively. So then what are you going to do? If you are going to improve defensively, where does that improvement come from? Maybe Kevon Looney, when he comes back, gives you a little more presence inside? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. How do they improve defensively? I don't know the answer. 888-957-9570, Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. The Warriors now 2-10 and 10 on the season. They fall tonight at Staples Center, one twenty. To 94 uh, is the final in this one. Uh, we are going to have some, some post game audio. We're going to hear from Draymond Green. We're going to do plus minus, right? Because I got some, there are some positives in there. We're going to do Whitey's pluses and minuses. Okay, all right. Yeah, Whitey's pluses and minuses are coming up. And uh, we will even do your dirty work dub of the game. Ooh, okay. If you want to like nominate that. a dirty work dub of the game, 
uh, for for tonight's ball game. You can do that to Chilton Body Chilton Auto Body text line nine five seven nine five or again you can give us a call at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero as the Warriors uh, find themselves in a position that I don't think I don't think anybody believed that the Warriors were going to be two and ten after twelve games. I know there was a danger zone and and a thought of well if there's any kind of injury to Stephen Curry or Draymond Green, it, you know this team could be in trouble pretty quickly well there was injuries to both of them and they found themselves in 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 dire straits right now now an nba worst two and ten as we look at the the reverse standings worse than the knicks worse than even the knicks who but are whose future would you rather have right now as of right now whose future would you rather have all the warriors yeah you of go. course the Warriors. yeah, yeah. of course the war i mean i mean again and that is the thing that it, it's gonna get it, it's probably the most redundant thing in sports right now right the fact that as bad as this is right now for the Warriors it's easily explainable and also in some ways easily correctable I mean you you're gonna get an all-star backcourt back at some point right Clay was there tonight and and we are gonna hear from Clay Thompson as well who was interviewed during the ball game by uh, ESPN's George Sedano Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, he he said something that made me kind of think about the future and just how this roster will be composed. Who are you saving room for in your future roster from this team? That's tough because I don't think there's nearly as many spots as as you might think. Like it, like you can come on the air and you can say, "Boy, all right, they competed." Uh, was it a, was it an A plus plus level of competitiveness? Was it a B level of competitiveness? Was it a C level of competitiveness? I think tonight was more of the C level of competitiveness. I think. Monday was more the C level of, of competitiveness. Yeah. I think there was closer to an A level the the, the two games prior to that. Uh, you can say that, and, and then you can say, all right, well, well, what translates? And, oh, this guy played well, and this guy didn't play well. You can go through any given night and say that, and the answers to those questions can be very different from who's a keeper for this team moving forward. You know, uh, what's killing me right now is that uh, Jacob Evans isn't getting a chance to play because he would really have an opportunity to shine. We could really see what he can do, and he would really have a chance to start to establish himself as an NBA player, presumably able to play a larger role next year and beyond when the team is better. But those are the breaks. Hopefully he'll be back uh, as soon as possible so he can take advantage of this opportunity. 888 Who are you saving room for in your future roster? Is Pascal the only one that right now you look at and say, I definitely want that guy going forward? Is there anybody else right now you're thinking, yeah, this guy's going to be a key piece for the Warriors going forward? I mean, he's the only one for me. So far. We should probably hear from Clay Thompson because Clay Thompson was the one that got us to thinking about that. Uh, Clay Thompson was on with with Sedano during the game. Let's, let's, Let's hear what Clay said. Clay, let's talk about you, what your rehab has been like. What's that been like? Tedious, but um, I mean, I'm just enjoying watching these young guys develop. That's for sure. Thrust into such a into a tough position, you know. J- Jordan Poole and Eric Pascal first year, but I'm liking what I'm seeing because they have you know tremendous potential. What have you learned though about those particular guys, and learned about yourself, kind of in this situation? Sitting out is not my forte, and that these guys are going to be foundational pieces for years to come. We're, we're out here, you know, missing five key guys, so it's a uh, it's a struggle, but we'll persevere. All right, it's a struggle, but we'll persevere. But he mentions Eric Pascal and Jordan Poole specifically. He calls him Pascal, but okay, that happens. Yeah, 
It happens. Uh, and he hasn't been around right. as much. He's been kind of in and out. So he'll get that one down by the, by the beginning of next year. Uh, Pascal's the only guy for me. Yeah, Pascal's the only guy that's a lock. Hey, that guy's going to be in the Warriors rotation next year. How about this? I would love to be able to find a way, and I don't know that there is going forward, but I'd love to be able to find some kind of role going forward for Kai Bowman. Yeah, but I'm not sure what. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure either. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'd love to be able to try to find a way, two way guy, something. I just, yeah. I mean, I, I look. If you start like Pascal's the only guy that I can say, okay, he's in the he's a rotation piece next year. Play him. Pascal and Poole are both going to be around a while, right? Yeah, contractually, they're both going to be around. But I yeah. but if you start looking at okay, how do how do the current players on the Warriors roster fit on a good team? Right. If you just start, if you if you run through them, you know what? Let, let's just run through them. D'Angelo Russell, well, per, perfect world. Let's say, let's say okay. he's got to be on the team. All right. And you cannot. We'll throw the trade talk out. Yeah. Sixth man. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Super he's, sixth man. Mm-hmm. Super, you know. Yeah. A, a guy that's an, an all star caliber scorer as a sixth man. The Bay Area version of Sweet Lou Williams. There you go. Okay. You buy that. Well, you told me I had to. Yeah, you can't. You can't trade him. You okay, can't trade. Yeah. Him. That's another yeah, conversation then, for okay, that. Right. But that's that's yeah. his perfect world right. role for this team when they when they're good, right? right. Or next year, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that okay, six man. Jordan Poole. I, Jordan Poole's an eleven to fifteen guy. I think right now. Now, can he move up? Can he move down? I think he's an eleven to fifteen guy on the roster. Yeah, he's still struggling, and he had some early uh, good signs. I thought he had a decent first half, but overall, he's still struggling with a shot. Uh, with his confidence, he's going to be around a while contractually. But yeah, I'm not sure that I'm really um, I'm not sold on him yet. It's very early, of course, but a little disappointing. Well, things can change. Yes, Willie Cauley Stein. Um, no thanks. I, I'd actually believe it or not. I, I I wouldn't mind getting a look at Willie Cauley Stein even as a starting center if you had Curry and Thompson and Draymond and a uh, Robert Covington ish. Three man, uh, I, I I would be intrigued to see how Willie Cauley Stein could function with those three, you know, former All Stars plus a, a legit starting NBA small forward. I've just seen too many times when Willie Cauley Stein, and he is what he is, and there's a role for him, but starting center, I don't think so because so many times he gets destroyed by bigger centers. And tonight, you can't blame him for the fact that McGee and Howard. What did you say? They were 13 for 19. But I've seen that happen a lot with Willie Cauley-Stein in the middle. So um, I could see him maybe as uh, coming off somebody's bench, but if he's, I, I, I just don't see him as a starting center. Okay. I'd, I'd like to get a look at it. Lacks of physicality. And, and, okay. and, the, and it, that's interesting because I'm I'm not as high on Willie Cauley-Stein as others, at least coming into it, but I'd, I'd be open-minded to at least giving him a shot. Okay. Okay. Uh, Draymond, obviously, he'd be your starting four. Yeah, Glenn Robinson the third. I, I think I think Glenn Robinson the third is maybe a ninth or a tenth man. Ninth, you know, Jordan Poole, if Jordan Poole's an eleventh to fifth, eleven to fifteen, maybe a guy that goes up and down between Golden State and Santa Cruz. I think Glenn Robinson the third is a he's a ninth or a tenth man. He's a guy that's playing maybe twelve. 12 minutes a game, 12 to 15 minutes a game, a lot of nights, but maybe doesn't play every single night, can give you a little infusion of energy or, or, or a defensive specialist at the wing, uh, you know, depending upon who your starter is, and, and that's about it. 
He does nice things. He just doesn't do them often enough. He, by the way, GR3 tonight had five assists. How about that? That is an aspect of his game that hadn't really been shown off. Nine points, five assists tonight. But again, uh, too many times I thought he was invisible on the floor. So yeah, I would. So where do you have him? Uh, I'm not. Not. I'm not. not I'm not, not saving room for him yet. You're not I'm saving still room for him. That he can convince me, but okay. Yeah, not saving room for him. All right, Eric Pascal. Eric Pascal, rotation player, top eight rotation player next year. Uh, yes. Seventh man, sixth, seventh man, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, he may be the best thing to come out of this whole season. We'll see. A- Alec Burks. No, um, he's a valuable guy to have around this year because, especially because you need scoring, and he's a veteran. Um, in some ways, he's in a bad fit this year because you got such a young team. But you got to have somebody who could put the ball in the basket going forward. Though I don't, I don't see a role for him. Uh, how about I mean, Marquise Chris? Rough night for Marquise Chris. Yeah, I, and I, no, still a project. Uh, he'd had a couple good games in a row. Tonight was a rough one. Over five from the floor. Uh, he just has to establish some level of consistency. Yeah, and yeah. look, he's going to have to play well and have I think the 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 numbers work out for him as far as the the roster composition really between now and the middle of January otherwise he might not be around yeah I think if he has an NBA future it's not going to be with the Warriors gotcha uh Kai Bowman I like Kai Bowman what's not to like he he's a you know he's I think I I think he could be a third string point guard he plays hard and and a guy a third stringer that, that could you could bump up to your backup if you had an injury or something like that I think he's an NBA player you never question his competitiveness you know, yeah. sometimes we watch and wonder, how are they playing? You can never say that about him. Yeah, I think he's a guy that could be a, you know, ideally he's probably a third stringer, but I I think he's somebody that could get to a point where he's, uh, you know, not a rotation player, but a sometimes rotation player, if maybe you have an injury. Uh, Amari Spellman. Still nursing the ankle uh, sprain, right? But of the three centers you have right now, Willie Cauley-Stein and Chris and Amari Spellman, I am the most optimistic about Spellman. I think he's shown some flashes here. He's wow. made a few shots. He had, what, he had seven rebounds tonight. Uh, I know he's a little undersized, but I am most optimistic about Spellman. Of those three, of those three. I, I think if you look at those three in and of themselves, I think I think none of the three are going to be Warriors next year. I think none of the three. I think Spellman be. has a chance. I'd like to think Spellman has the best chance. And look, the Warriors have said, and Steve Kerr's addressed this at a, at a couple of different points, that you know Spellman's really more of a four. So yeah. maybe he becomes a, a guy that could play multiple positions. I mean, if he is, he's a third. He's a third teamer that yeah. you know maybe gets pressed into action on a given night because you need a little infusion. Are of, they ever going to get on the roster like a legitimate backup NBA center who's maybe I don't know six feet, 11 inches tall or taller. Is that ever going to happen? I think it's going to have to happen. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to have to happen at some point between now and next October when they tip it off. And Jacob Evans, we did talk about a little bit. Right. Uh, Jacob Evans, I, I I think he's he's almost like Glenn Robinson. I think he's almost a, a nine or a 10, you know, maybe not 11 to maybe not 11 to 15, but he's, you know, a nine to a ten. But I, I would say, I would say though, while we've categorized these players in a, in in different ways, I think Eric Pascal's the only one. 
I think he's the only guaranteed lock. Eric Paschal's on the team next year, and he has a role that's a in the rotation, going to play 20 to 25 minutes. I'm also going to put down James Wiseman, but I know that's a little premature. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a spot for him. I've got a role for him next year. You've got a role for that him. That works out, I think You just so. have to make sure that those the, the, the ping-pong balls yeah, work out your we'll, way. We'll figure that out when the time comes. Because you know it's the bottom four that get – an equal amount of opportunities now. Right, right. And you're only guaranteed a top five. So you worst, worst record in the NBA, you could be the fifth pick now. Hmm. Used to be the fourth pick would be be the I'm just saying, I got I, I got plans for him. I think he would fit in nicely. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, he would be one of those players that you're talking about exactly. that's above 6'11". Right. And, and true big man. Yeah. I think that would galvanize the fan base. By the way, the fans... The true Warrior fans have been great this year, haven't they? We've seen them out at the arena. Yeah, they have been. Yeah. Look, I, I think Warriors fans have, you know, I think that was a big conversation. Oh, how the Warriors fans going to handle, how the Warriors fans going to handle a season that might, you know, that's going to be very different from the way the last five years have been and, and really the last seven years have been. And they get it. Warriors fans, a tough bunch. Mm-hmm. They get it. They've seen it. Well, it's like you, you you mentioned, did you not, that the last time they started this way was 2000? Yeah. And that team won yeah. 19 games. The next year they won 17 games. So 2002 they won 21 games. But, again, there's every reason to think that next year looks a lot more like last year than this year. That's a very reasonable expectation. You never know. There are no guarantees, and it's not easy. But there's reason to be hopeful that as soon – there's no such thing as false hope. As you know, if you've seen the Shawshank – as uh, as uh, I was explaining it to Nash earlier. But there's every reason to think that next year the Warriors are going to be very competitive again. All right, a call of the game is coming up. We've also got Whitey's pluses and minuses. And we'll get to our dirty work dub of the game as well. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, and you at 888-957-9570, 9570 The Warriors, oh, about an hour and a half ago, lost to the Lakers 120-94 to down at Staples Center. Golden State now 2-10. and on this young NBA season, the Lakers. How good? Yeah, I was going to ask you. Pardon me. How good is this Lakers? They're good. They're good. They're I mean, a little I, thin. I mean, if we're talking about can they win at all? Sure, they could, but they're a little thin, and uh, you know they got some veterans on that roster. They, they do don't shoot the ball especially well, which is what I said pregame. Then of course they filled it up tonight. They shot the ball very well. Yeah, they yeah just under fifty four percent. They knocked down nine threes. It, it felt like more. Yeah, felt like did. more. They knocked because they got off to such a hot start, right? And a thirty-eight point first quarter, but yeah, they knocked down nine threes. I, you know, I, they got to be happy with where they're at, at at nine and two. And if you look at them compared to say the Clippers, who are a you know younger roster, I think a deeper roster, and they haven't had Paul George yet. But and you seem to think when Paul George comes, it's all over, right? He's gonna carry them to the promised land? No, I, uh, I don't, actually. That's right. I don't. You're I, not a big Paul I think, George fan. I think that's going to be trickier to maneuver than people think. Now, defensively, I think, I mean, they've got the potential to be really, 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 really good defensively. Offensively, I'm not sure how it's all going to work with Kawhi and Paul George, and, and you know, if Lou Williams is going to be out there at the end of, of games. I, I, I think it's going to be a, 
a trickier dynamic than people think. Uh, you said, and I agree, that the Lakers have to feel pretty good about where they are right now. So does Houston, right? Houston Rockets have to feel pretty good after a big home win tonight against the uh, Clippers. Yeah, 8-3, and three, right, for the Rockets. And, and, you know, the Rockets, they made the Clippers unravel down the stretch of that game a little bit. Doc Rivers got ejected. It was something that didn't really have anything to do with the Rockets necessarily. But Poor officiating. There was some yeah. frustration that was let out by Doc Rivers as he got tossed from the game. And, you know, his son Austin Rivers, who plays for the Rockets, was – you know, waving bye-bye to him, telling yeah. the ref to tee him up. Give me a call. Give me a call, Dad. Oh, that was harsh. Yeah, it was a little harsh. So I just I, – I, but, no, I think – look, I think the Lakers – we're headed, in my mind, to a Western Conference Finals that is going to be played entirely at Staples Center. Utah has to feel pretty good at 8-3. and three, And I think Minnesota at 7-4 and four, right now, they, are this, they would be the sixth seed if the playoffs started today. Minnesota's got to be delighted with that start. Yeah. They've won two in a row, 7-4. and four. And I think they, they've got to feel that they – just egregiously underachieved last year after getting into the playoffs two years ago as an eight seed, sneaking in in the final It was day a weird of the year. year last year, the Jimmy Butler year. The Jimmy Butler thing wrecked it, and they, you know, had to fire Thibodeau, and it, and it wound up, you know, now Ryan Saunders is the head coach there, and they've they've been able to they've been able to find their way, get off to a much better start than they did last year. Uh, so if they're healthy, I mean, I think they probably believe they're a talented enough team to to get into the playoffs. 888-957-9570. 9570 That's where Jimmy in Walnut Creek checks in here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, great show, guys. Um, I was listening to the talk about Bowman and whether he could play in the NBA, and you guys said yes. And, this and, that. and I'm comparing him, even though they're a little different player, because he's twice as good as Quinn Cook. Uh, but the guy, it can, he's got more speed. He can handle the ball, and he plays twice as hard. I mean, Quinn Cook did nothing for the Warriors. If Quinn Cook would have done something, the Warriors would have won another championship. But he, he's a shooter, but he but he never hit, and he can't create his own. This kid can get his shot off. And so just the comparison of having a better player at that position next year. I'm looking towards next year, not this year. But um, what do you think of? And I know it's early, and it's totally not a legitimate question. But what do you think the thoughts on getting Giannis next year, which puts us right back on the map? I you know thanks Jimmy I I just don't I don't think you can keep that in the front of your mind if you're a Warriors fan. No, but if you're the front office right now, you're thinking: Is there anything we can do to make that more likely? And I guarantee you, they're thinking about it, and they'd love to do. There's there's a, not really anything they can do. What can you do? Hey, we just built a new arena. That's why one reason we built a new arena. Uh, but it's definitely front of mind when it comes to the front office. They'd love to find a way to make that happen. That just right now, their hands are clearly and obviously tied. Yeah, and I think it it's just a matter of to me it's more look, this is where the losing hurts you, right? This is where this season being kind of a lost year in many respects hurts because if the Warriors were let's say competing this year for a championship again and in a Western Conference Finals even, maybe they go out or they get back to an NBA Finals, or even even if they're just a, a team that makes the playoffs and wins a round and, and maybe goes out in the second round to, let's say, a Lakers or, or a Clippers team. But they have Stephen Curry and they have Draymond Green playing at a high level and they have Klay Thompson maybe come back toward the end and he looks like he's playing at a high level and they really make a run. Like, let's say they go out – in the, a similar fashion to the way they went out against the Raptors, where they're just fighting tooth and nail down to the end, and it's like, wow, that tip your cap to them. They went out like champions. And 
that's the kind of thing that would make a guy like Giannis say, I want to go there. But there are other things that could do that. I don't disagree with that at all. But let's say they win very few games and they do end up with a high pick in the draft and you do have Clay and Steph coming back. Giannis, look, we're getting Wiseman. You know, let's, I'll, I'll let me uh, allow me to dream here. We're getting James Wiseman. Uh, we got a you know, trade exception here. We're trading D'Angelo Russell, perhaps getting other players. Plus, we're getting Clay and Steph back. You got to jump on this. We'd love to have you. I could see how that also would be something potentially uh, appealing to him. Now we're just guessing. Who knows what he's going to be looking for? But it's not hard for me to imagine that that would be something that he would take a, a serious look at. And again, I just want to thank Jimmy from Walnut Creek. Interesting uh, comparison there, Kai Bowman to Quinn Cook. I'm also like Jimmy is. I'm 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 high on Kai Bowman. Yeah, and I'll say this for Quinn Cook. I mean, Quinn Cook could score the basketball, and Quinn Cook helped the Warriors win some games, especially when Stephen Curry was out in the regular season. I think Quinn Cook's more of a regular season player than a than a postseason player. Five of eleven tonight for the Lakers. Yeah, and I think you saw, you know, although the Warriors did win some games in the in the early round of the of the playoffs when they had to play Quinn Cook when Stephen Curry was out uh, and the like, but I I think he is the kind of player that can help you against a lot of teams if you're a Uber talented team overall, and you know, it, would Kai Bowman be at some point? You know, the best version of Kai Bowman would he be a more playable player in the playoffs? I'm not sure. I don't think we know enough, but I don't want to give you know, I don't want to shortchange Quinn Cook for what he was, what he did when he was with the Warriors. He helped the Warriors win games that that mattered. And I, I agree with your projection. You say Kai Bowman could maybe be a third point guard on a good team, on a really good team. That's not a lot of major minutes, but it's an important role nonetheless on a, on a good team. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap-up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Still got Whitey's pluses and minuses. Still can sneak in a dirty work dub of the game. And we're also going to hear from Draymond Green coming up here uh, as well as the Warriors fall tonight to the Lakers, 120-94. to And you heard it right here on 95.7 Game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason in our San Francisco studios. Warriors 2-10. and 1-5 road, 1-5 home, 2-10 and 10 as the Lakers beat the Dubs tonight. 110-120, rather, to 94. Wishful down thinking there. At Staples Center. The Warriors had a five-game road winning streak against the Lakers mm. that was stopped tonight. The Warriors had won their last three games overall against the Lakers as uh, they lost in Los Angeles for just the second time in 12 meetings. Wow. Enjoy it while you can, Lakers. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a different story next year, hopefully. (laughs) And it is too bad. You know, we were talking a little bit about this before the game. It is too bad that, you know, the entire time the Warriors were good, the Lakers were not good. And you know, they had the one Christmas meeting last year where the, the Lakers right. were, I think, as high as fourth in the Western Conference at that point. And then LeBron got hurt, and they went in the tubes, and the Warriors went on to the finals. But, you know, it, the, the, two, the two most natural rivalries, right, whether it be the Warriors and the Lakers or the Warriors and the Kings, right, just up the road in, in Sacramento, it, the, just throughout history, there's been times where the Warriors have been good, 
and the Lakers haven't. There's been times where the Lakers have been good and the Warriors haven't. There's been right. times where the Warriors have been good, the Kings haven't. There's been times where the Kings have been good, the Warriors haven't. It just it, for either one of those, it's never been the same time. Well, way back when, when the Kings first moved to Sacramento, they tried to kind of trump up the rivalry and overhype it. They had something called the Mayor's Cup where the team that won the season series would win the Mayor's Cup, and they realized nobody cared, so <laughs> that stopped. I still think the Lakers, Warriors, and I know Steve Kerr today even said what you're saying, which is, yeah, the te- there's not much of a rivalry because uh, one team's up, one team's down. They haven't been good at the same time. I still think uh, that rivalry has good bones. I, stink- I still think there's potential. We'll- we- we've seen it in the past. It's been a long time, but I think we'll see it again. The Lakers... Uh, and Warriors rivalry will be um, a real exciting rivalry here, I-, I think, within the next couple of years. But we might have to table it until 2020. Yeah, I think we may. Might have to table that one until. It's going to be worth it, though. Uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and hear from Draymond Green, and we've also got our Dirty Work dub of the game and our call of the game as well. Uh, Whitey's pluses and minuses. Ooh. we got a lot to get to here. Uh, so, But let's go ahead and hear a little bit from Draymond Green uh, talking about the Warriors' defensive issues, among other things, uh, here at Staples Center. There were a lot of differences. Uh, they beat us to a lot of 50-50 balls in the first half. And, you know, we gave up some lives that we couldn't have, and, and they just outworked us in the first half, which set the tone for the rest of the game. Steve kind of mentioned uh, you guys, your mantra used to be like get three stops in a row. He kind of changed the game, and, and you guys can't really do that now. Uh, when you can't, you know, string together stops, how does that just affect really the entire game? Uh, it does because you, you know, you can't put your imprint on the game. You can't, you know, take control of the game. You can't get whatever pace you want the game to be at. You're always on your heels. So, you know, if you're always on your heels and you can't get a stop, you can't win. We know what you're used to going back to high school. Is this? Huh? We know what you're used to going back to high school. Is this? Super hard to deal with right now, even though you know you're young and you're being in the roster stand. I wouldn't say super hard to deal with. You know, there's a lot of things in life that's super hard to deal with. I wouldn't consider losing a basketball game one of them. But I hate losing, so it's you know it's frustrating. You know to lose every night, but I wouldn't say super hard to deal with. Cause there's bigger issues in life. That's super hard to deal with. We're playing a basketball game. Do you see you guys getting better in the short term? Or is it going to take a while? <clears throat> I think we've already improved some, but we got a long ways to go. Long ways to go. So, just take it day by day. How different is kind of like the coaching strategy? I know Steve was saying like this morning, you guys, for shoot around, we're doing like defensive drills, a lot different. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, <laughs> interesting. It's different, but you got to teach, uh, you know. And you know, the thing about the NBA is you don't, you don't have a ton of practices, so I kind of teach on the fly. So I understand it. I get it. I understand. When you're trying to teach young guys who haven't been in the system defensively what to do, what's the biggest challenge in trying to get them on the same page? Uh, communication. Um, you know, that's what most guys most. Most guys in general struggle with communication. Uh, it's kind of amplified when you when you're dealing with younger guys. It's, you know, you always wonder like, is the communication because you're not comfortable because you don't know? Uh, but half the battle is just getting people to say something. You know, if you can get people to say something, if it's the wrong thing, 
uh, your teammates can react to the wrong thing. And if you overwork, the wrong thing becomes right. You know, so it's the battle is just getting everyone to communicate. And, you know, that's some, an area we have to grow in. Is that sort of effort? You mentioned the 50-50 balls and, and sort of that effort. Is that part of the education like coming in as a Oh, you just got to understand that if you're going to win at this level, you have to come up with 50-50 balls. If you're, you know, um, I'd say that team is better than us. I don't know if anybody agree with me, but I'd say they're better than us. And if you don't, if you don't get the 50-50 balls, then you really don't give yourself a chance at winning. So, um, you know, that's something that can be corrected. That's an effort thing. Uh, that can be better. At this level, Whitey. Yes, if you want to win at this level, yes. Preach, Draymond. More conversations about the defense, though, Whitey. Of course, of course. Yeah, by the way, coming into this game, the Warriors were last in the NBA in field goals made per game by opponents. They were giving up 44.7 per game, and tonight uh, the Lakers uh, made 48. That doesn't help the average. Right, right. At this level, that number has to come down. Uh, Draymond, you think Draymond's getting sick of the questions about Draymond's temperament? I don't I, know. I, I, I might be. I might, like, flip a table over. I, I would expect that he might, but I don't hear it in his voice at all. No. Yeah. I think he's, again, as I've said a few times, he's smarter than I think he's given credit for. And by the way, we talked before the game about more how patient. Steve Kerr said he's got to start taking and making threes, and Draymond Green tonight made his first two three-pointers. How about that? Plus minus. That's a positive, right? That is a positive. Yeah, there you go. Let's uh, get to our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Draymond Green with the ball. Feeds over to Pascal. Pascal one-on-one on LeBron James. Dribble drive this time. Left-hand scoop. Good over LeBron. Prettiest move of the night. Wow. Prettiest move of the night for the Warriors. Maybe the prettiest move of the season when you look at who did it and who he did it against. Eric Pascal going up against LeBron James. When you start looking at things that translate to the future, that move translates to the future. Yeah, and I also think it's interesting. We saw this even in the preseason, the way Eric Pascal doesn't doesn't give an inch to LeBron. He's nowhere near as good. He can't stop LeBron, but he's not the least bit intimidated by him. No, and that plays very well uh, moving forward. So that's your call of the game. Tune in tomorrow morning to Jolo and Dibs at 930. That's a good show. If you can correctly identify the call we just played, you'll win $50 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. The call of the game is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. Let's get to the phone lines here. Bud in Oakland is next on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Bud. What's up, fellas? Listen, man, just bear with me. Give me some time. Listen, I'm putting the rest of the league on notice. They have one year for some team to claim this championship. I've been listening to all these commentators and analysis or whatever you want to call these guys, the people, women, talking about how the Warriors are done. Listen, you guys are acting like we're not without all of our superstars except for the new addition of D'Lo and Draymond finally coming back from his injury. But next year, we're coming back full frontal with Steph, Clay, Draymond, D'Lo, and I really like what Steve Kerr is doing right now. I actually believe that everything happens for a reason. And Curry getting hurt is allowing Steve Kerr to let these young guys play together. Hey, if these dudes can learn to play together right now, they just, and, and they're competing. They're not winning, but they're competing. 
So if they can do this amongst each other, just imagine what they're going to do with superstars on the floor who's actually there to carry the load and score for them, and they're coming off the bench just playing their role and playing their position. Uh, you know, I've been watching this, the Eagle Dollar story and seeing how everybody's trying to buy out his contract, and the fact that he hasn't touched the floor or, you know, he's just sitting back, I think he's trying to just let his body heal, get healthy, and he'll come back to the Warriors for another season, for a goodbye season, and, 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 and hang it up. But the rest of the league is on notice, man. They have this one year to go ahead and celebrate. I guarantee you we'll be back, man. Thank- Thanks, bud. I think the Warriors believe that. I mean, look, Andre Iguodala, anybody can sign him next year. He will be a free agent. I like I like what Bud has to say. I mean, I, th- I think Bud is saying exactly what the Warriors are, are believing at this particular point in time. I mean, you're going to have Curry, you're going to have Thompson, you're going to have Draymond. I don't know have, about Russell. That's you're going to have thing D'Lo would, yeah. or players that you right. acquire for D'Lo. Right. you got your trade exception. Who knows? Maybe Iguodala comes back for a vet minimum or a, maybe he tries to squeeze a mid-level out of Bob Myers <laughs> as opposed to a vet minimum. Uh, dirty work dub of the game. We actually agreed on on this one. Uh, Glenn Robinson the third. Glenn Robinson the third, our dirty work dub of the game. I'm, we're going to call it a co-dirty work dub of the game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nine points for him, and he had, I didn't even realize, he had five assists, also a three steals for Glenn Robinson. So quietly doing the things a team needs needs him to do, doing the dirty work tonight, the dirty work dub of the game, GR3. Career high five assists. Yeah. Career high three steals. Tying, yeah. tying the career high there. Just so. has to take and make more threes. You want to run through some plus minuses before we get out of here? Uh, we could do that, uh, but you have to agree that you're going to tell me, um, give me some kind of value for these. I'll give, give you, you a value. Yeah. I'll give you a value. All right. Jordan, is there a scale, though? We did this the other you night. You can go as high as you want. Okay. Yeah. So I could say, oh, that's a plus 30. Sure you could. Okay. Because right. JaVale McGee was plus 30 tonight. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Poole came in. A lot of people talked about, boys, got to make shots, got to make shots. Jordan Poole made uh, three threes tonight. He scored 11 points. Now, he was 3 of 12 on his threes, and he was 4 of 15 floor, but he made three threes tonight. Jordan Poole. He made three three-pointers. Ah, plus, plus four. Plus four, okay. That's a positive. That's a plus four. Uh, we mentioned Draymond Green, but I, I didn't get your value. Draymond Green, all the talk of how he's we're going to have him shoot more threes. That's what this offense is going to uh, open up for him now. Draymond Green made his first two three-pointers tonight. He had 10 points, and he made two three-pointers. He'd really struggled. His numbers were terrible uh, coming into this game. Let's see. He was 4 for 17 uh, coming into this game. 2 for 4 tonight, made his first two. I'm going to give that a plus 10. Plus 10. Nice. Uh, Pascal, of course, double figures, 15 points. Yeah? Yeah, I like that. I'll give that a plus 10. And, uh, well, you probably won't. I don't know if you like this one. Mike Breen says the Warriors are fun to watch. Yeah, that's a minus five. What? That's a minus five. <laughs> well, these are hard to come up with on a night like this. That's a mi- that's a minus five. I, I I think they're fun to watch. They have been fun to watch. Oh, fun to watch. Those Warriors are fun to watch. They have been fun to watch. I'm not sure they're fun to watch. I'm not sure they were fun to watch tonight. Okay. All right. Uh, some minuses. Uh, and these were pretty obvious, so we don't need to belabor these. We talked about the Lakers centers combined to go, uh, let's see, what were they, 13 of 19 for 33 points and 25 rebounds. So that's a, a real negative. To me, it's a real negative. Uh, on the one hand, you knew coming in that this was going to be a problem, but um, Willie Colley-Stein is not establishing anything resembling a defensive presence in the middle. No. 
Willie Collins. Maybe Steinstein. we're asking too much of him. No, he's been not good. <laughs> That's probably the, the easiest way to put it. He's been not good. Uh, Marquise Chris was 0 for 5 from the floor tonight after a couple of pretty good games. Not good. Not good. Minus no. 7? Disappointing. Not, not good. Yeah. Uh, other than that, just they had a very poor fourth quarter. All right. That's going to do it for us, Whitey. Back on Friday at Chase Center as the Warriors return to the home floor. Quick one-gamer at home before they hit the road for the next four. But the Boston Celtics are going to be in San Francisco. An NBA best 9-1 and one after their victory tonight. Fun. Now that's a fun team to watch. That is a fun team to watch. And they're playing very well with Kemba Walker. And even though Gordon Hayward's out, uh, Kemba and the young guys is, is rolling pretty effectively for the Boston Celtics. So that's going to do it for us. I want to thank uh, everybody for Alex Scott and for Nash Solomon and for Ryan Mouser. We uh, really appreciate uh, that for Whitey Gleason. Uh, I'm John Dickinson. Uh, we'll be back with you 6 o'clock at Chase Center on Friday night before the Dubs take on the Celtics. Lakers, they beat the Warriors tonight as the Warriors dropped 2-10, 120-94. The final, you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.